Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Ryan Ray and Ben Samuels present Bring in the Closers, a podcast on making deals and doing business. Welcome to another edition of Bring in the Closers podcast. Ryan Ray alongside the one, the only Ben Samuels. Ben, I'm actually on bringintheclosers.com. And I haven't looked at this since it went live. It went dead. We revived it, got the paddles out clear she's back but i'm noticing on here there are three pictures there's me of my lovely wife there's you and then there's nate if you look at these pictures it appears to me that my picture is the largest yours is slightly smaller and then nate's is almost an oval is is there any strategy we're deploying there is it strategic is it just uh uh we're not competent enough to actually put together a proper website um or is it just like everything else, the truth lies somewhere in the middle of all of that? Somewhere. I'm not sure. Uh, you, you know, we need, might need to talk to the producer about this one. I, I think we should. It's his fault. So he produces <laughs> this content. Or maybe um, he's got this OCD thing where he can't see himself in a square. It's got to be a circle. I, I mean, uh, okay. I don't, okay. I don't. Which reminds me, we do have a number, the bat line, 682-422-4105. That's 682-422-4105. You can hit us up with text or voicemail there. Um, bring in the closures at gmail.com for emails, questions, commentary, things along those lines. Ben, last week was um, a holiday. I was in Denver, and um, it was Yom Kippur. And so my question is, is should I expect better treatment? You know, I don't know why I'm asking this. You already trashed me on LinkedIn yesterday. Never mind. Let's get on with the show. We are doing an episode like 15, 16, so never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I should expect better treatment. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Oh, no. I, you, that was a fantastic intro. I don't know why you're letting me have the floor. Um, no, I, uh, I had... Um, you're right. I did celebrate. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I just observed observe, uh, Yom Kippur uh, this past week. Um, I'm not clear what you're talking about on LinkedIn yesterday. That's what my facial expression was. I don't remember what the comment was. But I, after, I called I mean, you the undisputed LinkedIn champ, and you still, you still had to come in there and, and, and you know, you still had to come in there and give it to me a little bit more. I called you the undisputed champ. I mean, yeah, but you know, if you're going to try to take the throne, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to deal with some of the, you know, some of that process. It is what it is. You know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry, Ryan. I, uh, I apologize. Um, well, actually, that's, that's, that's you don't, you don't apologize. Don't lie. Yom Kippur is last week. Okay. <laughs> you don't, don't, don't See, start. A little peek behind the curtain. I won't go off too much of a tangent, but um, keep in mind. Uh, so between, for those of you that are Jewish listening to the show, you'll know this, but between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is where you're written, Jews believe that you're either written into the Book of Life or the Book of Death. And so by Yom Kippur, it's already been decided. So now I can do whatever I want. I mean, uh, you know, I got free reign now. You did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, that's your. I, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> your mom loves me. She's one of my favorite people in the world. So, mom, love you. Somehow, no, seriously, somehow you made a good impression. Unclear how I haven't, I haven't bought, I haven't been able to ask because I don't really know if I want the answer. Um, but no, you, you did well. Actually, both on both my parents. Um, somehow, I have, I have that effect on people. Not on you, obviously, but people. Well, I mean, smart I people, high, I mean, high I, intellect, I, high character, I, high quality people. 
I'm now, you've now met my, uh, my dad, you, uh, you quasi sort of talked to my mom through me. I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't even met the wife yet. I, you know, it is what it is. You know, I see how it is. It's okay. You met my kids, two of them. You met 50% of my kids. I met what? So I've met sixty percent of the clan now. Now we're doing. We're now see higher math is tough. I could do four divided by two. Now we're getting into yeah. You've met sixty percent of the clan, I guess. You no fifty percent. Me, two kids. I've got three kids. Uh, two kids and a wife. So you met fifty percent of the Ray clan. You have met. Making so, progress. Making just, progress. Just, just like your LinkedIn views for the week. Making wow. progress. Wow! Wow! There it is. There it is, folks. This is the great insight you come to this podcast for. Um, Ben, undisputed LinkedIn champion. What are we talking about today? So I was reading an article recently um, in, I think it was the Houston Business Journal um, that was talking about, it's, it's not a new topic, but it's something that I've always um, thought, thought a lot about. And I think that you and I are going to have a, a, some insights on this. It was an article uh, just talking about the, I guess the utilization of college and the, you know, the really need for the masses to be going to four-year universities, taking on what usually is, you know, pretty sizable debt to be able to do that. And really, you know, in this economy, in this world, uh, you know, and going into the future in, into the, you know, into more artificial intelligence and technology and all these things, you know, is the, the paradigm of universities really, um, you know, should that be prescribed to for, for the masses? So I, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that because I think there's so much value in in so many people, so many, you know, so much of the communities, um, you know, across the country, across the world, you're know, getting into trade schools and, and really learning a skill, learning a trade. And, and then, you know, through that, you know, if you get out there and you can, you know, work for somebody and kind of learn the ropes, you can also you know, find so many success stories of people that are able to parlay that into their own business. And then you kind of, you, you're able to realize the American dream, maybe in a different style. Um, but I think, you know, you know I don't know uh, if you know the numbers off the top of your head, but I mean, the average tuition in this country is, you know, 40,000 plus per year. Uh, you know, that's not even really including, uh, you know, room and board and other expenses, et cetera. And that really just price, I mean, it prices out a majority of the country in general, but then also the people that can quote unquote afford it, you know, they're, they're you know, in massive amounts of debt for a long time. So I thought it would be interesting. I know that was kind of long-winded, but I thought it might be interesting to kind of have a conversation, uh, you know, within this podcast about, you know, about the trade schools and kind of, you know, what, what that allows, you know, those skills and that really allows you to realize, because I know, I mean, like yourself, you, you didn't go to a four-year university, you didn't, you didn't go to college. And so, and, and look at where you are today. And so I thought it would be you know, kind of an, an interesting conversation. Maybe I would have you beat to LinkedIn if I did go to college. That's kind of my first takeaway. That might've helped. You know, since you brought it up again, I will say, I thought it was interesting. So the man has a top 20 all time. Oh, podcast. good Lord. Here we go. Uh, Let's go back to college. Let's get back to college. No, no see, you, you open the door. And I'm gonna have to close it for you. And so I understand that he, you know, he posts very little compared to how much I post. I think I probably put out about 75 or 80 posts on LinkedIn per week. Ryan puts somewhere between maybe six and a dozen. And every time we talk about the, the views, he always says, you know, if I posted more, it'd be up there. But I mean, you know, you probably get what a hundred thousand plus views per per day on the other podcast, and so I mean, at least, get, yeah, at that's least, a low right? day. That's a low day. <laughs> All right, circling circling back now that I've closed the door, we yeah, can come back. You. To, okay, you, know you, you gave me the stone cold stunner. Um, I laid there flat. You did the whole Hogan run off the ropes, and then you leg dropped me. I'm over the count. One, two, three. Ben is the champ. So this is the subject that is kind of uh, near to my heart on a lot of levels because I didn't go to college. I mean, I did go. I didn't finish. I'm a dropout officially. How, um, how long did you go? So the first time I went, it wasn't even a year. And I was going for a specific reason. I was going to be a football coach, and I didn't want to do I wasn't going to do it anymore. And so I had no reason to go because I didn't, I didn't like school generally. I was just going for that, and I had to have a degree for that. Um, I've gone back a few other times to get the degree because I feel – yeah, it, it, it almost creates some kind of inadequacy in me, like, oh. And there are certain things I'm, I openly admit I do have deficits in because I don't I don't have not a college degree, but certain college classes that I would have gotten if I would have gotten a business degree. There's certain things I just fundamentally I can go pick up a book and read them, but now it's like, okay, is it worth my time to read it or pay someone to do it? You know, so there are certain deficits I do have. My my general rule of thumb is if you're going to be um, a lawyer. Now, there are some exceptions to all these rules, but let's just say general rule. A lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, um, you know, something like that. 
then I, I do believe you should go to college. I do think that if you have the skill and intellect that going to, um, and I'm not picking on one university here, but let's just say Texas, which is a reputable university, but it's not Harvard um, or MIT. So I don't think I don't think that is as important as it used to be. Um, but there probably are some rare exceptions where maybe getting an MIT is important over Texas. And I think you could go a college close to me, like Tarleton State, you could probably pick up the Tarleton State degree, which is a lot cheaper than Texas, and um, you know probably get the same things done with your life. Because once you get into the workforce, people begin to start looking at you, where you are, who you know, and what you've done. Um, it's, it seems that initial threshold, the degree and where you went, is a lot more important. You know, I don't ask any of my doctors, Ben, where they went to med school. Not a single one. Now, I might ask them if they have on, like, a sports shirt. I'm like, oh, did you go here? Because I'm curious. But, but I don't, you know, if I had a doctor who said I went to whatever uh, LSU med school or Texas med school, I don't even know who's got med schools. I wouldn't be like, hold on, let me... Uh, what year did you graduate? Okay, so y'all ranked 32nd that year in medical degrees or whatever. I wouldn't do that. The doctor's been around. He's been in practice, you know. And so at, at some point, the degree almost becomes irrelevant because your work speaks for itself. Um, so I think that's kind of how I view things. So, again, to kind of recap, if you're going to a work for a very uh, – let's just throw out, I don't know, ExxonMobil. And ExxonMobil has a certain division, and they really only hire the top candidates – and historically, they've only hired MIT, Brown, and Harvard grads. Okay, yeah, in that case, you should really go after that degree. If you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to be just suing people or litigating, um, I would say save the money and probably go for you know a, a smaller, cheaper law degree, wherever you can find that at. Um, as far as trade schools, trade schools are, uh, are severely undervalued. And I think that that is something that most degrees, four years, should be trade degrees because you could get stuff. And, and what I use for this example is. So actually, be, actually, before you get into the trade schools, you, you said a couple of things that I, that I wanted to uh, circle back on that, that I thought were really interesting. Um, so number one, you know, you, you talked about the and you only said it in passing, but you talked about, you know, if I'm trying to learn something or if I'm trying to do something at this point in your career, do I want to learn that skill or do I want to pay someone to do it? Yeah. I think that's a really interesting just, uh, um, thing to talk about because, you know, in, in your day to day, there's very few things that it probably makes sense for you to pull out the stops and go learn something brand new rather than, okay, can I find someone to delegate that to? Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in, you know, as a teenager or as sure. a, a young twenties, you know, one of the things that you do want to do is is latch onto something and, and immerse yourself in it because then you you have that knowledge and then you can kind of grow from there. So I think it's a really interesting dynamic in terms of just kind of where you are in the process, whether it makes sense to learn something and get your hands dirty and, and really get you know, into the nitty gritty versus do I just want to pay someone to do this because it's not worth my time. Right. Um, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So um, because I own a business, we have you know um, a lot of employees. I say a lot of employees. For a small business, we have a lot of employees, you could say. Um, there are certain accounting um, things that I just fundamentally don't really have a good grasp on. Now, with that being said, I can look at a P&L, and I can figure out it for making money. I can figure out a multiplier on our hourly wages. So at that level, I can figure out what I need to do to be profitable. But there probably are more advanced metrics I could deploy that would really help me hone in. Now, um, that's, I don't know if that's one accounting classes, two accounting classes, you know, that, so the things I'm talking about are, are stuff like that. Now I'm, I'm very, my grammar is very poor. Um, and that's more of a function of not paying attention in elementary school and high school. Um, so those are things that I could have, you know, I would say, okay, if I wanted to focus, there's a handful of things that, I, but those, that's not a four year degree. That's not even one year. That's like, you know, let's, let's say six classes I probably could take. And I've got some books over here on some of that stuff and I'll get through them and I'll read them and do that. So I think most people are probably closer if you're in what we're doing, Ben, and this is kind of where you're at. You're, this is what you need, those six things to be uh, to be rounded off. Um, whereas if you're going to be an engineer, you know, I, I have no hope of being an engineer. There's so much math and, you know, all these classes that I don't even, you know, that that's a four-year probably. It, it could probably shorten from four years, but the way that the traditional system set up, it would take four years to even do that. And I wouldn't even be ready to engage that process today because I'm so far behind that curve. Yeah, and uh, no, absolutely. I think the other thing I wanted to touch on uh, that was really interesting, and you know, I think you and I may see it a little bit differently. You, you mentioned for a second about about the uh, you know, the utility of the prestige, the prestige of the, the certain university that you're going to, um, and I think there's a, a lot to be said for. I think that you know, if you go to 
Yeah, I think it works both sides. You know, if you go to like a Harvard or a MIT or a USC or even a University of Texas or those kind of schools, uh, you know, they have massive alumni associations and they have, you know, if you, there are times where you can call, you know, hey, you know, you're calling a law firm and just like getting an interview because you went to the school of the, you know, the alma mater sort of thing. And so I think to a degree that, you know, the, the school that you choose does have a lot of weight. Um, that's not necessarily to say that, you know, that you, uh, or someone should, you know, gear themselves or, or, or hone in on the more expensive schools or the more prestigious, but it is something to, um, to certainly think about. Um, and then on, on the flip side, um, you know, I, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that kind of once you get into the workforce, you, you're, you know, at that point, you're really going on your track record, right? You're, yeah. you're, you've moved off of what your, what your degree was, what your GPA mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, one of the things that I wanted to, um, to kind of hear what you had to say about it, because, and I'm curious, uh, you know, how our uh, Square Globals uh, takes care of this or, you know, uh, sees this issue, I guess. Um, you know, when I was trying to get in to you know, my very first job, or actually, I guess it was more in internships. Um, I was interviewing for internships right after I had graduated from my um, from my post BA program at Western State, and it was you know the conversation of you know okay the employer saying there's an entry level position, but in order to qualify for this, you need two years of experience. And I would say, well, I, I have school experience, I, you know, I got this degree, but I don't have any field experience. But you know, but I need an entry level position. And so there was this disconnect of like, okay, so how am I supposed to get an entry level position with no experience if the if the prereq for the entry level position is experience. And, mm-hmm. and so I want, I'm curious, you know, how you see that because, you know, even more so I, I might imagine if you don't, if you didn't go to a university and maybe you, you don't even have a trade school certification or something like that, those might be even like two quote unquote, like strikes against you in addition yeah. to the fact that you don't have the experience. And so how might somebody in, in your opinion, or I'm talking about it for a second, I'm curious, how might somebody kind of break into the industry if they're trying to go in-house? Cause that's, that's a qualifier, right? I mean, if they're, right. if they're independent, it doesn't matter, but if they're trying to get in-house, what are some ways that they can kind of, uh, you know, close that gap or, or, or uh, you know, what do you thought? So this, that's a great question, first off. Um, so entry-level positions at my company is need to be qualified. I have a couple that I categorize. One, I have a standing offer that if you're willing to, if you are desperate and need a job, not if you're employed, if you're desperate and you need a job, because if you're employed, I, I don't want to hire you unless I know I can keep you employed. So that's why I make that qualification. So if you need a job, I will give you a job today, sales, 100% commission. I will tell you where to call. I'll give you kind of a, a, a some, some scripts. I'll let you call, and I'll pay you commission right now. Now, eventually I might get to a point where no one's ever taken me up on that offer, but I will offer that to anyone that, that says, man, I, I need a job. And you can work 20 hours a week for me doing that and go still hunt for jobs. There, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. So that's the first thing I would say. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give you a phone. We'll tell you where to call. Give you a little script. Smile and dial. Get it done. We'll pay you commission 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week, much as you want to work. And then we'll actually, if you do a good job for us, and you go interview for Ben, we'll write you a reference. And we'll say, hey, Ben, uh, you know Tom's been in here. He's been working 20 hours a week. He's pounding the phone. He hadn't had success yet, but literally came in, said, I'll do anything you want today. That's if you have no experience. Like, you have nothing that we can take you with. We offer that because, listen, I've always said that if, if tomorrow, if Arsenal Global closed down, I would be – I have a handful of people I'm going to call that I think, okay, these people can get me a job, da 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 If that doesn't call, I've got a family of – four kids and a wife, I'm going to go get two or three jobs just to make sure revenue is coming in and things are going on. So I'll be working 60 hours a week within seven to 10 days. Just if that's, if that's McDonald's, Pizza Hut, and Burger King, I don't care. I'll be working just to make sure there's revenue coming in. On top of that, I will then call back those six people who didn't, 10 people there in my kind of close circle and say, hey, listen, you give me 100% commission, I'll come on today. Just tell me who to call, I'll come on today. Because I'm confident that I will be able to do that if I'm desperate enough. If, you know, you, you hear those things about you don't make a sale because you're not wanting to breathe, you know, like you need water or whatever. Yeah, I would be wanting to breathe. Um, so I always offer that to people, and no one ever takes it up. That's fine. I'm not mad. I'm just saying that's the, that's the first entry-level position. Now, on the field side, we have entry-level positions, and really you don't have to know a lot. It's, if you're willing to work in the, in the outside and travel, then there you go. We'll put you to work if we have a spot for you. On the office side, this is something interesting here. So we have, you know, CAD drafters and GIS technicians. Um, and those are schools, those are, should be trade school type jobs. And what our experience has been, GIS is usually four-year degree people. CAD has been usually uh, trade school. Regardless of where they come out at, we still have to train them on the job because they can just really run the software at a very high level. So our offer is this, is that if you come in with a, I'm looking on Esri.com right now, 
I think they have like a 30-day or 60-day course or whatever. If you come in and you bring that certificate that says, hey, I've got a 60-day Esriester course or you buy an AutoCAD online course for a couple hundred bucks and you complete that, you've done what you would have done the trade school. So, if Ben, you came to me and said, hey, I want a job as a drafter. I'm like, well, can you draft? No. We would say, okay, well, if you go take this, if we, have a, if we have a position open, we'd say, if you go take this course, come back and show us you completed it, we'll hire you. Because you've learned how to run the software, the basics, and then we'll have to teach you how we do our stuff anyways. So that's a very easy entry point to get in with a company like ours. And a lot of people, again, they don't take that, which is really interesting. And it's like, because once you get in with us, now maybe some companies won't hire you because you don't have a four-year degree or or whatever. But um, odds are you can probably keep working for the rest of your life in these in these disciplines. And the cost to do it with Esri or uh, whatever the online CAD classes I'm trying to see right now, um, is, is really cheap. I'm looking here on Esri Lot Time right now, and I can't see a price, so we'll keep on going. But so th- those are three ways to get in with my company if we're hiring. And if we're in a spot we can bring on someone that we got to train is 100% sales uh, commission. We'll put you on that. Um, in the field, we'll put you out there. You don't have to know anything, and you'll learn, and you, that's actually a good job you can have, feed your family with. AutoCAD or drafting, um, you know, you can take a 30-day course, and literally a 30-day course usually is at your own pace. You can probably pound that thing out in two or three days. These are pretty basic commands inside these functions in, in these programs you could actually learn. So that's how we try to incentivize that. What's the phone number that I'm calling for the sales job after this? After we get off recording? Nine, one, one. Tell me you're looking for Ryan, and uh, give me your address. Uh, say Ryan's missing. I'm looking for him, and give me your address. I think something bad's happened. That's what you should say. Just give me your address. Does, does, it, does it matter who picks up? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Um, the I'm louder. Not, I'm yeah. not asking for like, a specific person. It's just no, like, no, 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 no. It's called frantic. If you're frantic, you get a better response. Yeah. Ryan's missing. I think I did something to hurt him. He might, he might not be responsive. Please come give me your address. My name is Ben Samuels. That's what I would do. That's the best way to do that. And um, that, was, that, was, that was nine and then one, one? Yeah, nine and then two ones. Exactly. Exactly. That's helpful. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who's actually looking for a job, you could send us one at info at goor2.com. That's I-N-F-O at G-O-R, the number two.com. That would be the best way to get in. And so you heard on the podcast, and we'll try to take care of you if we can. Does that help? Does that answer your question, though, Ben? Absolutely. Uh, and then I, I just want, I want to circle back to one part of the question, uh, uh, the second part, because um, I want to push back on you for a second yep. or just kind of volley it back. Um, you know, so what advice would you give to someone that's trying to break into the industry, into, into a major that has, that, that does have that qualification of, hey, we need you to have three years of experience. Hey, I don't have the experience. What are some ways, or is it, or is that not the answer? Is the answer go get another job to get the experience and, and, and try to bolster your resume so that you can then circle back? Yeah, the majors are different because they do have, you know, a lot tighter requirement. Um, the question that we, we've had this on the Texas Guys podcast a lot, and the question that we always we always say is: so if you wanted to go to Exxon and they have a a requirement, the question that that they have to answer is: is that requirement? It's this degree plus experience or is it this degree um and or this experience that's a little bit different there so let's say you know that you have some kind of drilling job can you go to a small emp um learn that 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 that, um that trade that skill at you know ben samuels emp for three five seven years and then call them back up and say hey i want to come work for you guys now that's and, and that's a question that you have to take on a company by company basis and then you have to also understand that that no matter the answer here is that the degrees take three to four years, the experience takes three to four years, and three to four years, both of these things could change, right? So if you don't have it now, now if the baseline is you had to have a degree and experience and you're trying to find out do you get another degree or not, that's one thing. If you're, if you're coming out of high school and it's like a, you know, a petroleum engineer degree, well, okay, then you know, you're not gonna, they're not going to probably reduce that requirement. But if it's like, okay, I'm not really sure, they might let me in if I go back and get a master's, a master's is two years. But in, the, in these two years, I could actually go and do a lot of stuff. You got to remember, the super majors go buy small companies. You know, and they're not putting de- degree requirements on these small companies. Like, hey, you guys got to have PhDs from Harvard. You know, they're like, can you do this? Um, and so um, the reason that Exxon bought uh, XTO was they had an expertise in drilling. And so you can get that. And so um, you mentioned the networking thing. One of the things that I did when I was young, when I was 22, 23 in the industry, is I'd go out and I'd be in these projects and I was run the day-to-day of the company, so it was pretty clear I was a young guy. 
And I would just sit around and be like, hey, Ben. Uh, you know, Ben's, let's say, 55, kind of giving me the stank eye because I'm some young punk out here. But I'd say, hey, yeah, just like that. I'd say, hey, Ben, uh, you know, Brian Ray, we'd be talking. I'd say, well, where have you been working at? And Ben would say, well, I worked here, here, and here. I'd say, okay, well, you worked in the Barnett, huh? Yeah, well, who'd you work for? I worked for these guys. Okay, well, if it was some company I never heard of, I'd say, well, we worked for Chesapeake out there uh, between this time period and this time period. You'd be surprised at how just throwing that kind of verbiage out gets you connected with someone because uh, that person goes, oh, well, I know someone over at Chesapeake. Did you know this guy? What department was he in? Now, I may not know a guy from Adam, but I can keep talking. What department was he in? Oh, no. Uh, he was over there. No, no, we were over here doing this. You might have remembered this happened. Oh, and the next thing you know, by the end of that five-minute conversation, you feel like you're best friends. Even though you've ne- – and so, and, uh, but a lot of times it would be, oh, I was working for these guys, and then do you know so-and-so? Like, yeah, I know so-and-so. Well, now you're really you're really synced in. So if you're not going college route on the network, I think the professional network is a, is a good way to go too. It's just you have to remember where did you work, who did you work for, how did you know, who do you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. And I certainly don't want to paint the picture that it was like an either or. I, I think, no, you, know, you didn't. It, you didn't. It, yeah. it certainly worked in tandem. But but and actually, to your point, I guess when I said that I was certain I was thinking about outside of energy. So so take energy off the table for a second. If you're just talking about, you know, a, a you know, a new law grad or yeah. a new a new doctor or, um, you know, pick a pick an industry right. that's not energy specific. I would imagine that having a degree from MIT or Penn State sure. allows you, you know, if the president of the company they're trying to get hired by went to that alma mater, I think that that does give you, and let me know, obviously, unless the president had a bad experience, right? This is not a unilateral thing, yeah. but, but I think there's certainly a, a, an element of, you know, the prestige of the university and then also, like you said, the networking. Uh, but also, you know, to, to your point, and this is not apropos to anything, and I probably shouldn't say it, but, you know, if I'm going to like a, you know, if I'm going, so, let me back up. Over the last like 10 years, I've had a number of uh, pretty serious, you know, one, you know, injuries on one, you know, for some reason or another shoulder or whatever, you know, if I was going to go to a new like shoulder surgeon. Okay. And their degree was from, and I apologize to anyone that went, went there. I just, this is the first one that came to my mind. This is not a dig on this school specifically. Uh, but if the, you know, if the degree is from Chico state university, I, I may have a different opinion of that, of that degree and that knowledge base as opposed to like a Johns Hopkins. And so, so yeah, go ahead. No, and, and it's not as though I would like walk out of the office, but it would be like a piece of the puzzle that I might, that, that might register on some level. Now, that being said, the other thing I, w- I would say is, is if the guy, you know, if the, or the, you know, the surgeon is in their sixties, it's right. no longer relevant. Yeah. And so the example I use is if, if a new lawyer calls me up, wants a job, I say, where'd you graduate from? A lawyer who's been in the business 10 years, I say, you know, how much can you get me? You know, it's, just, it's right. a different okay. question. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. Right. And that's what, that's what you're saying. So some, someone new, you, because you do, you're, there is going to be that bias when you're, when they're new. It's like, well, well, I never even heard of this university. Is this online? You know, what'd y'all do here? Is this correspondence? How did you, you know, how did you become a doctor or a lawyer? That's one thing. But, you know, after 10 years, they have clients and references as things you can, you can check on. Then the work speaks for itself. And that, that, but it's a hard, it's a hard thing. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't go to college. I will tell you this. I, I think one of the things uh, that I didn't go to, I didn't, I didn't graduate college. And one of the things that makes me probably a little quirky, a little weird, is I thrive on crushing college graduates. Like that's, like that's one of my motivating factors. Like being in a deal, and I get the better end of the college graduate. Like it's, <laughs> it's now the college grads have got me plenty of times. So I can't say it's happened hundred percent. But you know, it's it's it's. We talked about this the other day. It's kind of like that Michael Jordan um, Hall of Fame speech where he goes and he kind of lists all the people who are against him. I kind of use that not graduating as college as kind of the, the motivation to inspire me. So it's not that I have anything against college graduates. I employ a lot of them. You're a good friend of mine. You're a college graduate. I don't have anything. But psychologically, I do try to use that to make sure that, um, A, it makes me more aware and sensitive of things I don't know because I, I don't have a college degree, so I'm kind of always out there um, kind of worried about this. But on the flip side, if there's a big opportunity, it does give me a little bit more satisfaction if the other guy has a college degree and I get the better of him because it's it's like ah you know. But and it's not it's not personal. It's just kind of a more of a a middle thing for me. No, I'll I'll flip that into a positive for you uh, or into a more positive. I think that it's that's the chip on your shoulder, and then that's that's the source. Of, of you know of your motivation to to really crush it and I think that's awesome I, I think everybody needs that everybody finds that you know somewhere right and, you know so so for you to have identified that is is great um, and also I mean to, to that end 
I think you are, you know, you're kind of the poster child for a four-year degree is not necessary to become successful and to do a, a lot of, you know, um, inspiring and, and really exciting things. I and mean, that's not. Yeah. I was going to say is that I think, yeah, for me, the caution is I always hate saying duplicate what I do um, because I know how I think and I don't know how you think. Does that make sense? You know, uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to know how you think. That would be a scary oh, process. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, trying to, trying to pour it out here. But you know, like, I mean, me and you. So there's a lot of differences between me and you, Ben. But I think the the if you just said, well, the college degree is kind of a big difference between us. But I think mentality. Um, obviously, how we try to close deals is a little bit different. We have different you know techniques stuff we use, but our mentality is the basic the same. So you have a degree that probably helps you in some areas. I don't have a degree; it probably hurts me in some areas. It may help me in others. But 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 our mentality is what more is that's more important to me than the degree. So when this discussions come up, if you're, if you're trying to do stuff like me and Ben do, the mentality is far more important than the degree, unless you're going to go remove hearts for a living or something or brain surgery. So I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's actually what I wanted to talk about next. I, I think it's actually let me do it a different way. Ryan, on a, on an average week. How many hours per week would you say that you are doing one of these three things? Listening to a podcast, listening to an audiobook, whether for pleasure or for business, or reading an article that's that's for business. How, how many hours a week do you think you spend doing those three things? Well, you can quantify it like this. Um, the easiest way to start with is how many hours do I play PlayStation? So my family goes to bed. This is dead serious. My family goes to bed. Uh, my wife and kids go to bed about 9, about 10, 10, 30. I usually wind it down. I play, play Xbox, Xbox PlayStation for an hour, hour and a half. 100% of that time is listening. 100%. Now, and sometimes I'm watching, a, sometimes I'll be watching a game. The same thing. I, I put in the headphones, and I'm using that time because I can play Madden or watch a sports game, and I don't have to be laser-focused on what's going on. And absorb. So I do that most nights of the week because that's just kind of how I wind down. So you're talking just on PlayStation time. You're talking probably, you know, 10 hours just on that. On my, almost all of my car drives, you know, if it's just me, I'm listening to. So it depends how much time I'm driving. Last week, um, but like last week I was in Denver. I was in the hotel. I finished, um, I think, a whole book while I was up in Denver because I had so much transportation time. So, so the number is hard to quantify. I always like starting with the Madden example because people will say, I don't have time. It's like, well, I play Madden. I like playing Madden. I'm 34 years old. You know, you make fun of me all you want. But I actually use that to crush through podcasts, audiobooks, um, and things like that. And so so that, that's where I start at, just at least 10 hours. So, so, the, so the reason I bring up... Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection brought that up because I knew the number was a big number. The reason I brought that up is because I think that, I think it's so, I think this is a softball statement, but I'm just going to say it anyways. The amount of, of learning that you do on a weekly or monthly basis way outpaces any 40-year degree of, on any level. I mean, the, 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 osmo, the amount of osmosis in data that you pick up and information that you're picking up on a weekly basis, I mean, it's, you know, it's irrelevant whether you went to college or not, in my opinion. And so, and the reason I say that is because I think there's a lot of people, and, and I see this a, a lot, that I went to a four-year degree, I'm done learning. I don't need to do any more right. personal development. I don't need to do any more business development. I went to school. I learned, I learned everything. I'm good to go. Now I just need to do from nine to five, I get the clock out at five, I get the clock back at nine. 
in those off hours, I'm not doing anything to better myself. And I know this sounds aggressive because I'm, sure. that's not necessarily uh, not probably you know, yours, doing but, a lot. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I think that, you know, the mentality is once I've gone to, the, um, to four year college and then especially if I've gone to like a law school or something like that, a lot of people are like, okay, now I'm, I'm done. I'm done doing the extra stuff. Now I just need to do my job. And I think it's really important to note that. And, and I'm the same way as you, by the way. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. Basically, any that's why you put out 60 posts a week on LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, that's why you do because you put out so much stuff on LinkedIn because you're you're reading through it. Yeah, no, I think I've talked about it, but you know, as through my process on LinkedIn, I probably post about 65 to 80 posts a week, um, and I really only post maybe one in more than eight, one in 10 articles that I'm reading. And so that means I'm, you know, I'm reading about a thousand articles a week, but you know, but anytime I'm in the car, I'm I'm listening to podcasts. I mean, that's just, it's organic to the process. And I think that that's why the people that are, let me say it a different way. Let me, let me put a positive spin on it. The people that are doing that, I think they're, they find themselves so far ahead of the people that aren't that at some point in the career, you know, the people that aren't are looking around the, you know, are like, you know, where did everybody go? It's, you know, and so I think that's a really interesting dynamic of, you know, to, to kind of supplement the, the other stuff that you're getting. Yeah. And I think one, one thing I always like to point out is I try to, I don't know if it's the right term, but active listening. So an example is if I'm listening to a fiction book, um, I always use this example and uh, then I'll go to a podcast in a second. So if I'm listening to a book where it's a spy, a spy thriller, and the, the good guys, the U.S., the bad guys are, you know, Iran or whatever. Um, and they get the guy and they torture him and they find it. They save the day. So I, I, I read that and it could be a good book or it's a good book. I enjoy the book. However, I also think about the implications of what the character did throughout the book. And if that was in the real world, how would I judge that character? Would I say this was good or bad? Now, I can still enjoy the, we'll call it artwork for this this, the novel, whatever, for this, this conversation. But I also think about the implications of what the character did because that's that's how you round off your skill set and, and you think about scenarios. On the flip side, I was listening to a podcast last night. It was a sports podcast, and they were talking to Fox Business, uh, Fox News, not Fox News, Fox Sports News, um, the analytics guy. And they're talking about you know, how advertising works and, you know, the analytics and baseball. Remind me to say the baseball stat in a minute. But anyways, um, and, and, and at the end of it, he said something pretty interesting. He goes, we have more data that we know what to do with to sell to advertisers. We have to be able to tell the story of what the data means. Now, me as in the podcast business, you know, if I want to sell podcast sponsorships, it's always kind of well, how do you present these numbers? And then, But that statement, because I'm actively thinking about podcasts, you know, how to make my podcast better, how to grow and whatever, that statement goes, oh, wait, hold on. This guy is, you know, in the, you know, he's not, he's not talking about how to sell podcasts. He's talking about doing deals with huge and, you know, it's, it's a, it's, but, but active listening. I take that and I draw that out and I come to my team today. I'm like, Hey, this guy said this, how do we present a story about our podcast that resonates with advertisers? And now listen, you might be listening to this go, Hey, you dummy, that's obvious, but, and that's fine. But I'm looking for those types of things, whether it's in fiction, whether it's in uh, sports podcasts, news podcasts. I'm always looking for those things, trying to pull them out to help me. No, absolutely. I think we talked about it on a previous podcast, and, and I'll make it brief because I think we, we covered it. But uh, you know, one of the one of the sources of information, one of the things that I'm plugged into, I think more than most, are the people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Ed Milet, uh, you know, Andy Parcello, that, that those kind of people. And, and there's a lot of people that listen to their messages and they get very turned off on them, um, but because they're very aggressive people and, and, you know, they say things you don't want to hear. Um, you know, a, a lot of times that, you know, they say things that are, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, clearly hyperbole and, and just to say them. Um, and a lot of people kind of hear that noise and they're like, Oh, you know, that that's, that's, you know, whatever. Right. Whereas when I'm listening to those things, I have you know, developed the strategy and developed the ability to completely ignore all of the noise and get to the core of the message because I think those people, you know, those guys, in addition to many others, but I think at the core of the message that they're pre- presenting, there's a wealth of invaluable information. And if you, so if you can kind of ignore the hyperbole and get to the nitty gritty. And so to your point about active listening, I mean, that's what it takes. It takes actively listening to not only what's being said, but you know, what's being intended by what's being said? What, you know, what's the message behind the message? Because if you're just listening to the words, I would argue that you're, you're, you're a lot of times you're missing most of the point. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're dead on. You brought up Ty Lopez. So I don't have a lot of his stuff. I don't, I've, I've, I, every now and then he'll come across my feed and I'll kind of listen. But 
you're talking like a handful of times, handful of times a year. But one time he was being, someone was interviewing him. I think is what it was, and they were saying you're a scam. You're basically a scam. And he knew coming into it, that anyways, that it wasn't like a trap deal. Like he kind of knew they were going to come and grill him on if he's really who he says he is. Anyways, um, and one of the things he said that stuck with me, and I, I, I respected him about this. He said, you can go to college for four years and get a ton of student debt, and they're not guaranteeing you nothing. If you take my course and whatever course he's promoting, 30, 60, 90, 90 days, if you don't get a job or make money, whatever it is, we give you your money back. And I thought, Okay, you know what? I don't care what I think about you. Generally speaking, I don't know if I don't, and I have I don't have an opinion on Ty Lopez one way or another. But I did respect the point he made there. You talk about cutting through the noise or, or getting to the message. The real message there is, go drop 120k on 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 college debt, and then call me when you could have taken my course for you know a thousand bucks or five hundred bucks, whatever it is, and I'll refund you. So theoretically, the real the real thing is is take his assuming you want to, you could take his course. Get your money back and then go to college <laughs> because it didn't work, and then drop the 120k. But but don't but don't call him a fraud because he's at least offering your money back if it doesn't work. And so I thought that was a very I thought I thought what he was saying there. And again, I'm not speaking to the validity of what he says or not. I don't know it about the man, but I did respect that that he's willing to say, hey, here's my product and this actually works, and I'll give you your money back if it doesn't. Um, and so I, I do. I, I, I think you talk about listening to what's going on there. That's a pretty profound message because if you go to law school and you don't get a law degree and you have this great network and you have all this stuff, uh, law school you is not going to be like, oh, we're going to give you your money back. Sorry about that. Oh, you can't pass the bar. You got to take another bar. You got to take another bar class to uh, do it. Sorry. So I think that there the, there is a lot of validity into what you're saying and, and, and thinking about some of these things these guys are saying. Um, what's behind that? And there, there's a lot. Of, there, that, anyways, that's one. That, that was a profound statement by Ty. I've always, I've always respected when he said that. Yeah, no, I think that's really valuable, and I think that comes from the conviction and the confidence and, and the you know the desire to to make it happen, right? I mean, th- this all comes from you know the, the inherent desire to to really make something great of yourself. And I know that sounds grandiose, but the reason I say that is because something I was th- I'm thinking about when you were just talking is. And I don't know necessarily if this is a, um, something I would you know, hang my hat on, but to a, to a degree, I think there are a lot of people that just go to college simply because it's the thing to do. And there is no plan. There is no reason behind it. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no direction. And so not only is it maybe not the best use of money, you know, in the best of circumstances, I think there's also something to be said for, there may be a lot of people that it's purely wasting money because there, there's no direction to begin with. And so right. then you, so I mean, can you imagine how many, and I don't know what the number is, but I would imagine it's a large percentage, maybe a large number, I shouldn't say a large percentage, but I bet there's a lot of people that graduate with a four-year degree with truly no idea what they want to do. And oh, to yeah. me, and yeah. to me, that means that something along the chain broke. If you, if you're graduating from a four-year degree with no direction, you're the person that should be going to trade school, like right? Yeah. Because like that gives you that direction. And so it, it just, it amazes me that there's so many 16, 17, 18 year olds that are blindly just signing up and you said 120. I think the number is like closer to 200. I, mean, nice. yeah. I, blind, yeah. I blindly signing up for, for hefty six figure debt, like with no plan in place. And, and just to be clear, if I slapped you with a $200,000 debt today, you're you're not a college graduate uh, that's 23 getting your first job. A two, if I said, hey, you owe me 200 k start paying on it, you would not be happy. Like, you have to have a substantial amount of money before 200 k is irrelevant. So if you're going to get out of college with an 80 k a year job, which is a good-paying job, 200 k is a substantial amount of debt. you got to buy a house. You probably can get married. You're going to have kids. So, it's it, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I think you're right. I will say this, um, to your point about the 16, 17, 18-year-old deal, um, we have pushed the immediacy of graduate high school, start college, and we've lost the the ability for, for young college uh, age people to try things. I think that's the travesty, partially because it is a four-year commitment. That's a long time. But my advice would be this. One, you know, I had a friend many years ago, and he wasn't making a lot of money. And he was married, had one or two, I can't remember, a couple of kids. Anyways, and, um, and he was thinking about changing careers. And what I told him was, I said, listen, this is the least amount of money you will ever make in your life. This is the least. You're only going to make more. If you change jobs now, 
it's easier. You go three years from now, you're going to make more money. It's harder. So college-age kids, high school kids, need to understand that. That's probably, now post-college, depending on what's going on, but 17, 18 years old, you're making a minimum wage, 10 bucks an hour, whatever it is. That's the least money you will probably ever make in your life. That's when you have the ability to go roll the dice. Because if you fail, when you're making 10 bucks an hour, there's a thousand other 10 bucks an hour jobs. If you fail making a buck 50 a year, there's a lot of those jobs, but they're in high demand and high competition. And your mortgage is higher and your expenses are higher. So I think we've lost that. Hey, go risk it when you're 18. I'm not talking about go risk it like travel the world and waste your waste the four or five years doing nothing. I'm saying go go try to be an entrepreneur. Go go go, like go, go, go work six months in a job. See if you like it. Yeah, go work six right. months in that's a different right. job. Go, go see if you like it. Yeah, no, those are the years where you can afford to not have a plan and, and afford to kind of play with it and kind of figure it out. Because I mean, think about how many people, when you were just talking, I, I, I was kind of running through the list. Think about how many people in your life that you know that are, you know, let's say, 27 and older and just straight miserable in their job, but, but they're stuck in it because they can't, they cannot afford to change because they have the wife and the kids and the house and the mortgage and all, and all the other things. And so to, to move on, you know, to, to pivot would be too much of a risk. Think about how many people in your life that that describes. I mean, it's, it's staggering. And and the reality is, is that 27 is probably the cheapest is ever going to be free to pivot to, right? So even though it's hard on purpose, right? No, 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 no. No, you're no, I'm I'm agreeing with you saying that. If it's hard at 27, imagine 35. Imagine 44. Because at 44, you're looking at retirement going, okay, I've got this much. But so so I'm not I'm not saying I think that sometimes the message of quit and change jobs and all that stuff is overhyped and overplayed. Maybe you should suck it up and and, and, you know, maybe maybe make an 80k and whatever. Um, I'm saying, but for those younger people. 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. You got a three year window there where you can try to be an entrepreneur. You can try sales. A lot of people think they like sales and they don't. Um, and so they don't find that out until they put themselves in a bad position to do that. You can find out at 18 selling cell phones if you like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things um, that you kind of touched on for a second there that, that I want to um, circle back to is that I certainly don't want to come off as saying that the grass is always greener on the other side because I don't yeah. I, like I don't believe that at all. That that's not something that, that I personally believe, and so I certainly wouldn't want to say that on the podcast. So so it's not as though like changing for the sake of changing is a positive thing. That's not what either right or I were no. saying. Uh, you know, but it's about you know from like sixteen to nineteen or whatever. You know, when you're younger, you have more fairway and more free time. Or you have the ability to pivot into other things and experiment. Because you don't have nearly the, the you know the, the responsibilities that someone like you know the Ryan or I do or you know well, you know I well. yeah we, yeah well sure yeah yeah no I mean I think you know um, I hate to give out blanket advice I would say if you're 17 get graduate high school and your parents like go to college and you're not you're not want to be a doctor lawyer or whatever the deal I would strike is um, theoretically is give me one year one year mom and dad and I'm going to work. I'm not going to be f- looking for applications. I'm going to take Ryan up on his 100% sales commission job. I'm going to work. I'm going to go fish for crabs in Alaska. Whatever it is that you think that you want to do, uh, give me one year to try it out. And if that doesn't work, then you know maybe I go to trade school or, or college or whatever. Um, I think most parents, if you, you know, have something, we, 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 we consider that. Um, none of these are blanket statements. You have to evaluate it. And, and again, I go back to the, something I said a long time ago or not all the time ago, earlier in the podcast is, I hate to give too much advice because my mentality, I know how I think. And, and you know, I have a good friend, and he's, uh, <laughs> you're going to give me so much crap about this. He's getting an MBA, okay? And this is a guy I have a lot of respect for, super smart guy. Uh, he, there's no reason he needs an MBA, in my opinion, but he's getting one. And so he was telling me a while back about some international deal they're studying in class. So when I was in South Africa, I was texting him. I'm like, hey, I know you have class today. I bet y'all are learning about what I'm actually doing, you know. <laughs> but but and so he's a good friend. So, he, you know, he, we go back and forth with each other about that. Uh, he's very much have a degree, you know, get licenses, anything like that. Um, and that, that's fun. I, I think for him, he's so smart and so talented he didn't need it. But whatever. Um, but part of when I talk about mentality, part of my mentality is that is like I want to prove to him because I consider him someone, uh, actual, a legit threat to me, not in like a negative way. Like if we were in the room negotiating, he might get the best, he might get the better. He's that good. Like I consider him a legit threat. So for me to be able to prove to him that I can do the deal without the NBA, that's, that's important for me because I'm validating what I believe is true. 
I want nothing but the best for this guy. So I'm not. So you, you see the dynamic I'm playing there is that um, I, I want to be successful. I want to do things. I want to prove to this person that it can be done without that. But I'm, but also because I have so much respect for him as a person that it's like, oh, I gotta be careful here. He'll show me up. I I aspire I aspire to have you intimidated by me when I'm in the same room as you. It's, I want to get there. Um, so I know we've got to wrap. Up. <laughs> I know we're trying to wrap up here in a few minutes. So I wanted to circle back. To something you said at the beginning of the podcast. Yep. So we're what fourteen episodes? This is fourteen. I think this is like sixteen, right? Nate, what episode is this? Nate's over there. Locked. Is that over there? Nate's gone. Never yeah, he mind. Just, he he just, just gone. He's he just deuces. I think this is like sixteen or seventeen. It's not twenty. We haven't made it to, to, to no. To it's it's definitely not over fifteen. I think this is fourteen, but it doesn't matter either way. So we start. We're fifteen episodes in. Um, Earlier in the podcast, you referenced me as your good friend. I was curious. I, I just oh want to like time. Oh, I want to oh, know. Oh boy, here no. we go. Let's get back to college degrees. degrees. I just want to timestamp it. This episode is fourteen. 15. Let's 14. call it. Yeah, it's fourteen. 14. Yeah, I'm looking at fourteen. You're right. So, so um, I just want to timestamp episode fourteen. I was a good friend. I don't know what episode I'm gonna like go up the totem pole. I just that's all. That's all. I didn't have anything else. That was all I wanted to say about it. Hey, did you see delete Facebook is trending on Twitter at the moment? No, but I'm not surprised. Sorry, I had to had to dodge the question there. When are when are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just going to combine? Like, just call it a day. Oh, good friend. Like the question, really. See, you're asking the question wrong. Let's just start there. The real question is: is of my hierarchy of friends, how high can you ascend? Like, see, good friend could be the top rung. But but see, no, but see, the problem is that oh, I have this I have this mantra. You know this about me. I have this mantra uh, that I that I don't ask questions that I don't want the answer to. Okay. I don't, wanna, I don't want the, I don't, don't ask want that know. question because I don't want it. I could call I could call everyone a good friend, right? And then you're kind of down there at the bottom. Yeah, that's that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like where your head's at. I like the way you're thinking. You're on top of your game. So here's a question I do want the answer to. Yeah. How how many people, and I don't want the name of the tier, but how many people are in the top tier? Two. Of the, maybe three. Of the, of the, okay. okay. You're up there. You're you're way up there. You're the top. You're the top tier. You're the top tier. Don't, don't lie to me. Don't don't lie. You can't lie on air. That's like Nate. You got to cut that. <laughs> If we go by, if we just if we use metrics, if we went the saber metrics right here on per capita communication, you would have to be number one. Don't make don't make me pull that picture out. Per capita communicate? No, no. Who I communicate with? No, 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 no. I'm saying like the people that I talk to. You know, you're up there. I was no. I was I was just gonna taunt you live on. Don't taunt me. Picture. Don't taunt me with the numbers. They're depressing. They're depressing. No, I was, uh, well, I was gonna show you the. Never mind. I'll do it next episode. I, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. Now you got me really scared. We have to, we have to mark this episode explicit or something. So, so I, let me, I, I do want to ask you this because you 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 really haven't interacted with this a whole lot. So help me out. The 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 the, the mentality deal. Um, you know, we've talked about this offline. For me, I like to use the thing. I like to have a lot of lines in the water. Um, I have a certain mentality, and I hate to I hate to vocalize it because when I vocalize it, it probably comes across a little bit more brash than what I wanted to come across but I also have to I have to think that way because I don't know how else to function you know and that's that's the 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 hard line is like I want to go down and close a deal in South Africa um and then I can give my buddy a hard time who's getting an NBA about it now I don't want I don't have any ill will towards him um but it is like a scoreboard thing like hey look look, look at this you know I, I did this Where, where's your where's your dead cat on the front store bet um but i don't i don't actually walk around like beat my chest like oh look at me does that make sense yeah i think the difference here is that most people don't have the platform that you do so most people aren't t- telling people their motivations their internal motivations like to thousands of people i think that the key is what you're telling like what you're saying right now that's what internally motivates you to get going. I've got a yeah. lot of those internal motivators as well. Uh, I haven't shared many of them, but I mean, I, I have the same, the same mentality. I don't think it's necessarily a mentality thing. I think it's that you've identified the things that really work for you to get you going, just like, you know, the ACD song, right? So if you're, you know, it, it's, you have- We haven't talked about that on here, have we? I thought we, I think we talked about it briefly on a couple episodes back, didn't we? <laughs> Maybe we did. Maybe I think we did. I thought about that the other day someone started playing it, and I was like, yeah, there we go. So, there we and, go. And, and so that's the other thing. That's the thing about it. And, and that's, like, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. So now I bet 
when you hear that song, not in the context of trying to get you fired up, but you hear it like it at like a bar or like some like you're at a house party and randomly comes on or whatever, you get fired up because that that's just oh, like, yeah. in, it's now ingrained in yeah. you that when you hear yeah. that song, you get fired up. And and yeah. so to, to 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 that point, I think that that's something that like it takes a it's a let me say it this way, it's a process to really get within yourself. I know it sounds like esoteric, but get within yourself and really figure out what triggers you. I think a lot of people aren't nearly as plugged in with themselves as they think they are, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And so some people, you know, the people that, uh, you know, that I hear talk about not being motivated and, and not really, you know, not wanting to do more and those kind of things. I would advocate a lot of times that, that not, that's not necessarily laziness or, or lack of direction. That's just the lack of time spent with the intent of figuring out what really like internal internally moves them. Cause I think that everybody has that. I think everybody has those buttons that if you push them, you just get, you, you'll want to light the, you light the world on fire. But unless you like listen to the podcast that we do and, and do the external, you know, motivation type of things and kind of expose yourself to those, you know, those elements, I, I wonder if it's really like difficult for some people to really tap into that. Yeah. And I think part of it is, I think some people have a nine to five, and they like their nine to five, but they listen to guys like me and you or Gary V or not for the same fan as those guys, but whatever, you know, Ty Lopez is like, oh man, I want what they got. And part, what I'm saying about mentality, that's part of what I'm getting at is if you like your nine to five, bro, don't let me talk you out of it because that's be content, be happy there. Like I think that, I think so much of this, be, we talked about this before, everyone should be an entrepreneur and I do not think that's the case. I think that's a very false narrative. Uh, so anyways, I'm just saying that I think people probably are happy and content, they just feel external pressure. So now, now I understand what, um, what you were saying before. No, I completely agree. In, ter- in terms of, no, I think you can, you can listen to Gary V, this podcast, a- any of those type of things, you know, Grant Cardone, et cetera, and implement those things within a nine to five. I'm not advocating for like, if you're in a nine, you're, I don't think either one of us are obviously, but yeah. uh, we're not advocating for like, if you're in a nine to five, these things are offline to you and not available. I mean, that's certainly not the case right. at all, right? I mean, you, these are skills that you, 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 can, you can, and so the motivation isn't necessarily like, go run my own business, but the motivation can be, how can I be the absolute best X for my client? Yeah, let me, yeah, so let me say it like this. Um, I've, I've read How to Win Friends and Influence People probably three or four times now. Okay. There's very little from that book I can practically use. It's just not my personality. But it's got a lot of good stuff in there. I actually think a lot of stuff works. Um, by the fourth time, I've probably implemented more than I did the first time. But it's a very slow process. So if Dale Carnegie was alive and he came and he sat down with me and he told me all this, where I'm at today, right where Ryan's at at 34 years old, I would know, okay, great, 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 uh, Dale. It's not really my thing. Uh, I, I, I'm not, it's not wrong. It's just not me. My fear with telling people stuff is, is I'm always afraid I, because I'm self-aware enough. And this, I, this, I hate to say this because I'm very egotistical because of my self-awareness that I know what I'm not. I'm always afraid to project what you should be, which is me because you might not be like me. That ACDC Thunderstruck live may not get you fired up and that's, and that's fine. So you have to kind of balance these things and figure out, as you're saying, what, what are, what, what pushes you, what motivates you, how you hone that in and, and try to and try to do you. Um, to your point, though, I want to make one, one, one more point here. One of the things, and I almost wrote an ebook about this, how to get your boss's job, and maybe I will one day. Do you know how easy it is to get your boss's job? Like, to me, I think that is, we're talking about going and closing an international deal, um, 16-hour plane flights, international lawyers, contracts. That's a pain in the butt. It really is. You want to get your boss's job? I can hook you up with that. That's actually pretty easy. Um, because unless you are really incompetent you're, and, you're, and your boss is super competent, the level between you and your boss is probably not that much. I'm talking about large spanning corporations where it's just a slow incremental step. Now, small businesses, you could see that because uh, a manager might have uh, a lot of different responsibilities. But the large companies, taking your boss's job probably isn't that hard. That's an important distinction I was waiting for you to make. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you're, you're not talking about going from like the guy sweeping the floors to the CEO of the company. I mean, you're yeah. talking about working up the chain. But yeah, working up the chain. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, your immediate boss. And so, like, I go into companies, a, a large companies a lot of times, and you'll see the, the you know, the manager, um, and you'll see three or four of the subordinates that are a lot, a lot sharper, a lot closer. And so, um, taking the boss's job is quite easy. The answer is to get the boss promoted. You'd be like surprised. That, like, You'd be, surpri- 
Yeah, no. that's actually I'm not actually I was going to go out <laughs> from the other way. I was just going to say you'd be surprised, or you, know, you may be surprised at how often just day in and day out executing your job and doing the little bit extra, the like things that we've talked about on the podcast. If you just do those little things extra, those are the things that will just like you'll look back and be like, you know, I just passed, I just laughed everybody. Because your boss will get promoted. In that case, because you're going to make, because see, like I said a few episodes ago, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I think it's important. If you want to be an entrepreneur, and not all entrepreneurs, but kind of the kind of stuff that we do. If you're in an engineering firm where you're designing bridges, it's probably a little different. But the kind of stuff that we do, the best entrepreneur would be the right-hand man of for their client. And the right-hand man makes the cl- makes makes their boss. So if I'm working for Bill Gates, I'm going to make Mr. Gates, I'm going to call him Mr. Gates. I'm going to make him look good. I'm going to always have his best interest at heart. You know, yada, yada, yada. That's if, if he's paying me to be his personal assistant or he's paying me as a consultant outside. It doesn't matter. I'm going to make Mr. Gates look good. I'm going to be the best right-hand man Mr. Gates has to have. Same thing with your with your boss. If your boss, if he's incompetent, make him look competent. Getting promoted because eventually, some if he's really incompetent, at some point he'll get promoted and get fired because he's not really competent. Maybe he's more competent than you realize, but making him look good will get him promoted. And then you have the better shot of actually getting promoted because you showed that you were competent. And it, 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 to me, that's just something simple. It kind of gets lost in the user term, the noise sometimes. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I never, I don't think I've really given that much thought. Um, you know, that dynamic, um, but I think you're absolutely right because you think how many people get really very egotistical about their work. And then when like someone else gets promoted out, they get like, oh, well, that was my work or that, that I did mm-hmm. that. I think there's a really interesting dynamic for just kind of playing the game and putting in the work and just organically having to trust in the process that that you will benefit from that. Because, you know, yeah, if, if someone else gets promoted out of their position, you might be able to fill that and, and kind of climb the ladder. And that's an interesting dynamic. Well, I hadn't what really do, thought about that. Yeah, but what, what do we do as deal makers? We try to make both sides look as good as possible so that the deal gets done. We try to present the best case possible. We try to hold their hand. We try to walk them through the process to get the deal done. And in turn, we get a promotion, a.k.a. a check. So it's – it's um. I don't know about you, but I, I like my promotions better than the other ones. Yeah, sure. am, am I allowed to say that on there? I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I know you know. I know, you know what that meant, but I just I, I, I would rather get the check than get like president to CEO or like. Oh wait, know, no, 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 right. So, so my, my only, the, only the, the, yes, the, the, I, agreed. The only thing I'm saying is it was yeah. a facetious comment. I, I got you. You know, no, I, I understand. And the only reason I'm making the comment about getting the boss's job is because some people could listen to this and go, "Oh my God, you know, college, not college, da da da." And the reality is, being they just want their boss's job. That's all they really want. That's the fulfillment they want is to go from 60K to 80K, manage a few people. Well, the easiest way to do that is to get your boss promoted. Because in doing that, your quality of work will, will go up and everything that you do will go up. And then you will know what to expect from your subordinates because you've been the type of subordinate that you would want to have work for you. So, Isn't it amazing how that all comes together? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You put in the work, you put in the extra and you know all the thing, all the pieces start to kind of come together. Okay, Ben, people can connect with you, unfortunately, on LinkedIn. Please don't, because he's crushing me right now. Please connect with me. Please connect with me. Um, is that is that where we're going from? We've we've gone to that part of the podcast. Okay, fair enough. The, um, the veil the veil has been lifted. It's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm not. Hey, look, I'm looking forward to sometime in like 2026. Wow. When, when LinkedIn is no longer wow. a thing anymore. You know, I will pass you. you. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass you like right before they shut it down. I'm going to call up Microsoft like, please, please let me pass him for one week. So please don't connect with Ben. But listen, you don't got to connect with him. Just view my profile more than Ben's. That's really the stat we're going for here. It's a vanity stat. And um, bring in the closures at gmail.com if you want to give us any feedback on the podcast, any questions you want us to answer. Um, I actually put out, so I'll say this real quick. I put out a, a post, I think it was last week on LinkedIn about, hey, having fun doing the podcast. You know, and I was like, I was soliciting engagement. I will yeah. say it off. I was, I was soliciting feedback. Um, I got a couple of responses, but I didn't get enough. And so if you, have, you know, if you have something that you want to hear about on the podcast, or if you have feedback about what Ronnie can do better, you know, reach out to us, let us know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shots fired right there at the end. This mowed me down. Mowed me down. The bar has been... To turn on record, I have faithfully done that. Faithfully, you did do that. Th- I, actually, I don't think I heard it today. Did you? Yeah, you, it's, you, it's, it's it's recording. recording. 
All right, recording. Right. Uh, it says it is. I don't know if it actually is or not. I can't confirm or deny, but it says it is. Uh, bring in the closers. Connect with Ben. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I will be at the Bush China Foundation here in two weeks talking about international policy, breaking it down for you. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm on the hackathon, so I'll be talking about that. Um, yeah, we're going to hack up foreign policy. Not like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is getting this is, it's just getting off the rails quickly. This is um, a season. So, so I'd like, I, he's going to China to hack something. Just yeah. Just, oh, good Lord. Lord. <laughs> good Lord, Lisa. He's going to China. He's, I mean, he said he's going to China for a hackathon. I, I, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I, I've, 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 yeah, that's all me. A hackathon is when you sit down with a group of people and you try to fix a policy and propose it to the conference. That's the only hacking I can do. I can't even spell hack. I'm getting off this podcast and I'm getting in more trouble than I know what to do with. The CIA is now listening. It's going to go downhill. Ben Samuels, great as always, good friend. Like that <laughs> shot. <laughs> to the listeners, we'll talk to you next time. T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan so you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Make your next career move your best. Verizon Retail offers the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits starting on day one, including product discounts and tuition assistance. Apply today at verizon.com forward slash retail careers.